Welcome to TwoQuestions.tv. With me today is Robert Thomas Bethel, and we're talking about good leadership practices. TwoQuestions.tv. Brief questions, deep knowledge for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business owners. Welcome to TwoQuestions.tv. I'm Susan Barancimo. Joining me again today is Robert Thomas Bethel. He's the orchestrator of 77 business turnarounds over the past 50 years. His early successes and troubles in his career inspired his passion for taking over struggling businesses and making them profitable. And he's the author of this book, Strengthen Your Business, Fail-Proof Strategies from the Man Who's Rescued 77 Businesses. Hi, Bob. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. I really appreciate it. Well, I would be a fool not to because... I would be a fool not to take advantage of such wisdom. So, so I'm. So I'm, does that? Does this mean there will be additional requests to come on your show? Probably. Would you like to? <laughs> I'd love to. I Yay! enjoy speaking <laughs> with you. I I'm do. glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it because you're one of my favorites. Really, well, for thank sure, you. My favorites. Well, you know, last time you were on the show, we talked about struggling businesses and business turnaround. And this time, as I was rereading your book, which I think is such a good book. And so, by the way, viewers, this is on my top list. This is highly recommended. I think it's great. And, and I thought this time we'd talk about some basic good business and leadership practices. Because one of the things I realized as I read through your book is that there's some really fantastic and solid advice in there in that regard. And, and some might think... Who doesn't know this, right? But I have clients and, and I have talked to, you know, executives for, you know, the last 25 years and they don't know how to structure a meeting. They don't, it seems like a silly thing not to know. And yet here it is. So in the book, you do talk about meeting strategy and you talk about when and how long and crafting an agenda. Could you share some of the things that you've learned along the way about the best ways to have effective meetings and why is that so important? Sure. Uh, I, I think you've raised a, a great issue. It's, it's something that over the years I have come to realize after making lots of mistakes, Susan, <laughs> that the, the vast majority of owners of small and medium-sized businesses really do not conduct a meeting that accomplishes the goals that they want to accomplish. Right. Here, here's what I've found. And I've asked this in, in every company that I've gone into, I've asked it of all of the employees, the team members. First of all, what do you think when you see the owner or CEO have a manager's meeting mm. and one word comes out? trouble there's trouble oh, no. okay <laughs> and and stop and think about it you're you're working in a company and the ceo invites eight of his managers into a meeting and everyone else in the company is left out mm. what's going to happen while you're having that meeting they're going to go wonder what that's about is right. there a problem have you heard anything <laughs> uh so on and so forth so number one, I came to realize very quickly that it is extremely healthy to have a company-wide meeting. Indeed. Number one. Number two, I found out that, that the vast majority of people call a meeting, period, paragraph. We're going to have a meeting at 
eight o'clock tomorrow morning. And that's it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in that meeting, if there are any, they, they don't have any idea what the meeting is about. <laughs> so, so I found it's very smart to schedule a meeting about a week in advance. And here is an agenda that we're going to talk about. Right. Items one through however many. I also have found out that, that you lose the attention of people after about 15 or 20 minutes. Yes, there we've is, learned that too. <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, everyone's sitting around a table in a manager's meeting, and if you could look over their shoulder, they're making notes that, hey, I want to watch The Voice tonight, record at <laughs> 8 o'clock, and you think they're, they're sitting there and taking notes about what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So I have found that put out an agenda, limit that meeting to about 30 minutes and tell them, tell them yeah. meeting's going to last 30 minutes because one of your customers calls, calls your sales manager and says, I need to get together with you tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Well, he doesn't, he doesn't know when he can get together because he doesn't know if the meeting's going to last an hour or three hours or whatever. So you say the meeting starts at eight. It's a 30 minute meeting. In that meeting, if someone brings up something that isn't on the agenda, mm -hmm. you want to say, that's a great point. It's not on our agenda. We'll have another meeting and cover that, but let's stick to the agenda today. Mm -hmm. And by doing this, by laying out an agenda, everyone knows what the meeting is about. If they need to bring information, uh, they'll bring it. Now, you you call a meeting without an agenda, they come in and I say, Susan, what are your projections for the next six months? With I don't have them. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, I, can I go back to my desk? I'll email so it to you. you yeah. yeah. So you interrupt the meeting. Everyone sits around and talks about last night's football game, so on and so forth. You want a clear, concise meeting. You want it as short as possible. Take the time to include all of your people. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that you can't have management meetings, but do so as seldom as possible. And, and again, I've found stand up meetings. Mm -hmm. Nobody goes to sleep. Nobody drifts off. They're not laid back in their chair and doodling. So, Meetings with an agenda, meetings with a time frame, mm -hmm. uh, include everyone. That way no one feels, first of all, you know, I realized after my first business failed, I hid the truth from my entire mm -hmm. team. I didn't tell them I was, I was optimistic and so on and so forth. People know when a business is having problems <laughs> or issues, they yeah. don't know when a business is doing really great. So if you share that information with your team, you're gonna get a lot more out of them. And if I ask you right now, Susan, I'll tell you what, meet me in Washington, DC, in front of the Capitol tomorrow morning, you and I are going on a trip and I hang up the phone. My How husband will have something to say about that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably catch some flack too. But how would you prepare for that trip? Well, you'd have no idea. Where, 
yeah. where you're going, what you're going to do, what to wear, so on right. and so forth. And the same thing applies with your team. You should use meetings to communicate with them on a real regular basis. It, it is, I think, one of the fundamental things about leadership. Mm -hmm. And after my first business failed and I had time to think about it, going into my next business, I saw that as a real flaw that, that I had done. So I thought, okay, I'm going to try it the other way. I shared everything. We had regular meetings. Uh, everyone knew what the meeting was about. They knew the time frame. And, and suddenly, everyone was engaged and committed to our process because they understood it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I... I um... I think meetings serve a useful purpose in the culture of an organization, but I often feel like there are so many meetings that are held for team members just to report in on what yes. they're doing. Yes. And I don't think that's particularly useful. I always think if it's something that requires a discussion, let's have a meeting. If it's something that can be reported by email, please do that. What do you think? I I, I totally agree, and you, you can see how firmly I believe it in the fact that each and every business I come into, we put up whiteboards mm -hmm. that report our progress to avoid exactly Great. what you're talking about. Yes. Uh, we, we determine, we the team, determine how is it we best can measure our progress and success. And depending mm -hmm. on the type of company, it may be sales per day. If it's a manufacturing company, it may be products produced today. Mm -hmm. uh, typically, we end up with about five or six of these, I call it end of the day boards. Mm -hmm. and, and someone comes out every day and posts the results of the last 24 hours. Great, yes. And, and those, <laughs> those boards are in a break room or a hallway where the entire team sees it. Great. So if we predict, let's say, that we're going to produce 300 units uh, for the month and we're going to work 30 days, that mm -hmm. says we're going to produce 10 a day to stay on track. Mm -hmm. Well, everyone walking through it's the end of the day and we typically post around three o'clock in the afternoon so mm -hmm. everyone can see those boards before they go home and awesome. we're going to we're going to be one of three places we're going to be above target below target or on target but we don't have to have a meeting no one has to send <laughs> emails everyone in the company knows where we stand Oh, I like that so much more than emails. That's great. Oh. We all have too many emails. <laughs> well, and if, you know, I have senior moments where I delete emails and, and go looking back. So, yes, those boards. And by the way, my son is our chief operating officer. We have a number of companies across the South. And I don't have to call someone. I don't have to call him on our companies because each and every day 
they pull out their iPhone and they take a photograph, yeah. the on-site uh, manager of those boards and they send it to me. Oh so my gosh. I'm sitting here. I don't have to call someone. I don't need to get an email. I simply get the boards, the photograph of each of our operating companies, and I know exactly where we are. So, you know, that ties back to what, what I call taillight accounting. Yeah. And that is looking back at last month's P&L, that doesn't tell us where we are, where we're going. My boards, I know exactly where we are, and we have great measurements. So it, it projects, for instance, in our apartment complexes. Uh, we have some large apartment complexes. We measure on a daily basis vacant units, vacant units that are ready to rent. In other mm -hmm. words, they've mm -hmm. been refurbished. Uh, upcoming over the next 90 days, people who are moving out and mm -hmm. people who have released their apartment. So we know when we need to spend on advertising. Uh, we have all of those details on a daily basis. It, it updates the entire team. I love it. I, that's such a great strategy. I'm, I love it. Thank you for sharing that. It's, it's, that is a game changer, I think. I really do. I really do. It works. I believe it. I, I absolutely believe it. And I, what a life. You know, you just flip through your text <laughs> and see how's, how's business. <laughs> well, you know, Susan, it, it, I think that it all centers around this. Uh, again, after my first business failed, I, I went into it right out of college, 21 years old. Uh, I came to realize something that even though I was on the debt, even mm -hmm. though all of the stock belonged to me, the fact of the matter is each and every company belongs to everyone who works there. And I'm not yeah. a communist, okay? <laughs> but, but the fact of the matter is we are in fact a team. Each, yeah. of, each of the people working in that company depends on their paycheck to pay their mortgage, pay for their cars, educate yeah. their children. So, they are owners as well, and we need to treat them like owners. We don't it's, need to yeah. keep things from them. Such a good point. Let's talk for a minute, sort of to that end, about organizational charts. You talked in the book about org charts briefly. You just touched on them, but, but it, I thought about that. I thought, yeah, this is a, a really good point. Every organization does need one but a lot don't really follow them. And you talked about that, how, you know, it's just somebody will jump down four levels and go talk to somebody. And the thing is, I've seen where these chains of command and bureaucracy can be incredibly efficient as well. And I wonder, how do you create an org chart, encourage people to follow it and avoid bottlenecks? Because I think that's why people jump down or jump up because bottlenecks. It's going to take forever to get an answer to this very simple question. I could just jump down and ask that guy. You know what I sure. mean? Sure. Well, first of all, the reason that you should not violate the org chart mm -hmm. is you take, you take the ability of whomever you have gone around. Mm -hmm. You have basically neutered them. Yeah. 
yeah. uh, number one. Number two, if you ask someone to do something uh, below the level of people who are supposed to report to you, then you've put that, you put that person in a bad light because their manager has told them to do ABC right. and here comes the boss saying, I want you to do X, Y, Z. Now, what do you do? Okay. So you're right. caught in a bind, but what, what I have found is in, in, it is a teaching and coaching thing. Mm -hmm. uh, for instance, just as an example of that, if, if an employee passes me and says, I need to come talk to you, I'll say, okay, great. Let me call your manager and have him come up here as well. Mm -hmm. Because to do otherwise, I'd be violating that org chart. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. if they don't have, if their concern or problem is about that manager, I expect them to have the nerve and the guts to put that out on the table for us to resolve. That's an interesting question. Um, I read an article recently that suggested that when, and um, we're gonna ins we're gonna get into some like scary gray area here. I maybe shouldn't even. <laughs> no, go ahead. But, but I read this article that suggested that women who report sexual harassment in the workplace, mo most often, like seventy six percent of women who report sexual harassment, experience retaliation later. And so I wonder if a woman is experiencing sexual harassment and listen, folks, this was not in the book. Okay. This is just a, we're, we're going rogue here. I'm sorry. But, but let's say a woman's experiencing something like that and she wants to come and talk to someone who isn't the guy, the boss who's harassing her. And then she says, I want to come talk to you, Bob. And you go, okay, let's bring your manager in. Now you brought in the boss who's harassing her. And now she knows if she says something, maybe there's going to be some retaliation. She's going to get fired for, you know, for cause. What do you, what do you do with that? That's me, a really let, difficult situation. Let me tell you the solution to that, that I came to realize many years ago, mm -hmm. anyone who is being harassed, bullied, feels that they have been mistreated. They don't come to me. No, I, w I want them to give our attorney a call. Bob. And, and, <laughs> no, stop, I love stop, it. Stop and think about it. Yeah. I don't want the attorney to tell me who called. Mm -hmm. I want the attorney to deal with that and to report it in a fashion. I don't need to know who called the attorney. I need to know that we have an issue that I can address to the entire company. Mm -hmm. And and what you, you get buy-in with that, okay? Mm -hmm. Because if you tell your team, look, I'm not gonna stand for it, bullying, whatever, it's counterproductive, it's, it's not our culture, it's yeah. not the kind of people we are, and I'm not smart enough to deal with that, so here's our attorney in Nashville, Larry mm -hmm. Papel, we have attorneys in different places. Here's his number. If you have any harassment, see any harassment, anything that is improper for what we want to do, I want you to pick the phone up and call him. And, mm -hmm. and by doing that, then 
the attorney can call me and say, we have a problem. Someone has been sexually harassed and then I can call a company meeting and say, our attorney got a call. Mm -hmm. I don't know who it was, but by God, we're not going to deal this way. Uh, I want the person who called to tell the attorney who was the one that abused. I want the attorney to pick up the phone and call that person and say, we had a harassment issue regarding you. Mm -hmm. uh, do you know who that might have been? And they're going to know. Yeah. And I want you to go apologize. And as the company's legal counsel, if I have another call about you, you'll be terminated. Yeah. Okay. So I have protected the person that has been wronged. Mm -hmm. We have addressed it with the person who did it. I don't know who it was. The company doesn't know who it was, but we have addressed it with a legal person that knows the do's and don'ts and make yeah. sure that it is handled correctly. Great. I like that. I like that. And I like, it feels, I like that this is the thing that I think we miss so often is this heart and soul. And I, I don't know where it comes from, if it's an, an older generational thing, but, but there's a heart and a soul of this is our character. This is who we want to be as business people. This yes. is our culture. And our culture is a culture of integrity and of honesty and good. We're good people. We're not doing that stuff and we're not going to stand for it. I love it. That's I, more than anything else. I think that's what's lacking. And that's in the heart and soul of your book. Yeah. Well, you know, thank you for that. But, you know, I, I think you've hit upon a point. Uh, it, it is a cultural and a generation issue mm -hmm. because when, when I started in business about 300 years ago, <laughs> uh, there, no one thought anything about going into the office and putting your arm around one of the females, uh, calling them honey mm -hmm. or, or whatever. We, we honestly thought we were being nice. Right. Okay. Uh, and, and thank goodness that that women have pointed out and have raised the issue to make us rethink that. And yeah. and when we and 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 I'll put it this way, uh, I was born in 1944. Okay, uh, I've lived in the South my entire life. Uh, I grew up. As, as a child and a teenager in a totally segregated society. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm not the smartest person uh, on earth. I'm not close to it. But looking back, I, I would have thought that I would have been shocked by seeing water fountains, white only, colored only. Okay? Mm -hmm. I you would think in my teenage years prior to the civil rights marches that I would have said, wait a minute, uh, blacks people are not allowed in restaurants. 
they're not allowed in hotels. Th this is horrible. But the fact of the matter is, that's the way we were raised. And until the issue was brought to light, mm -hmm. now I'm very embarrassed by the fact that I wasn't shocked by that. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I think we're seeing the same thing with progressive women today they mm -hmm. have raised the issue they pounded the table and said guys you got to be right you got to you got to listen and people my age and younger look back and go my god we were such animals you know why didn't we you see what i'm saying yeah 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 so so i'm glad all of this is coming to light and i, I think it will improve our culture by keeping that conversation open. Mm -hmm. And I think that it makes for a very, very healthy company, period. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Bob, it is such a pleasure to have you on the show. I always enjoy you. And well, thank you. It's just, I, I am inspired by your character. I just am. And, and it comes through so great in this book viewers this is the book so bob bob thank you for being on the show and i look well, forward to having you back yes i want to become a regular you're an official regular yeah, you know if you watch more <laughs> if you watch morning joe they have the regulars come in i want to be one of those with you Susan. you get to be a regular you just have to ask and you did so Very there you go good. you're thank a regular you. <laughs> all right viewers here's the book don't worry you'll see it again in a future interview with bob but in case you want to get your coffee now, we'll have links down in the show notes for today. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. This has been twoquestions.tv. To subscribe to our YouTube channel, learn more about the show, the guests, and our host, Susan Barancini-Mo, visit us at www.twoquestions.tv.